Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. If you're at home, just go ahead and bless your house. No, no, you keep playing. I just want to take it down. So just go ahead over your house right now and just declare the blessing of the Lord all over your home. Declare the peace of God over your home in the name of Jesus. And do me a favor, when you're watching online, slap the like button right now, would you please? Just slap the like button. I, 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 I got to tell you, it, we, we, got, we got a faithful remnant here in the service right now. And uh, the anointing of God is so present in the room. The peace of God is so present in the room. The worship was... The worship... How about the worship? Come on, give up for the worship. I got to tell you, we were in a room that was trying not to sweat, but we couldn't help but worship because it was so good in here today. I have found in my walk, Pastor Tracy, I have found that in the darkest times, God shows up the strongest. Have you noticed this, Brianna? At times when you're at the end of yourself, God shows up. And I'm not just doing theater here. I'm not just trying to be cool, whatever, emphasize stuff guy. This is what I have found in my life. I have found that when you are at the bottom, when you're at the end of yourself, when you feel like you've gone as far as you can go, that's where you find God. And so what we want to do is we want to live a life where we are living on purpose, extended spiritually, extended in our faith, trusting God to show up. You say amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Mike. We're, uh, it's, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's it's um, a, little, a little bit warm in here. It's not terrible yet, uh, but it's, it's a little bit warm. And, um, and uh, I'm going to preach the gospel. You can be seated, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're online, thank you for joining us this morning. Stay active in the chat because we look forward to interacting with you. It's going to be a good day. I'm not going to preach long. Mike, you do me a favor. Yeah. I'm echoing, and you just figure out what that is. I would, I would certainly appreciate it. I, I, I'm not going to be long because um, the longer I preach, the, the hotter it's going to get. Although, I choose to believe that's the fire of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18. I was planning on closing out our message series um, marked today. I was, oh, there it is. I was planning on closing out our marked message series today. I wanted to lay hands on everybody in church for the activation of gifts uh, for for I was planning on assigning angels, which the Lord had talked to me about. Uh, but apparently uh, people aren't here. So either you're gonna have to get it at home or we're just in here. You're just going to get a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Those who showed up and braved the heat kind of funny thing we have here in South Florida. South Florida is hot, right? And we purposefully go to hot places, like we'll go to the pool, we'll go to the beach. We're like, oh, church is going to be hot. I'm not sure. Um, but we texted everybody and we told them, hey, it's going to be hot. You may want to stay home. I'm going to start off with this uh, verse, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. And uh, before you get too excited, I'm going to deconstruct some things before I construct them. Is that okay? Okay, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 says this. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, we've all heard that if you've been in a Pentecostal church 
for any amount of time, you've heard that numerous times. I've been in many, many, many a uh, intercession meeting where that was quoted, where that was being referenced, uh, where people claim things and people are binding things and people just so binding so many things. I'm scared at some point people are going to bind the spirit of life out of somebody <laughs> or, 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 or I don't, I don't like, they, like they, I don't, and I don't know about you, and please, this may be your pastor's lack of faith, I don't know, but I rarely, when I see people binding and loosening like that, do I see things actually bound and loosed. And at some point, as Pentecostals with a brain, we got to start looking at Scripture and saying, maybe what I have been taught is not actually what the Bible says. Maybe we need to actually get in the Word of God and do a little digging so we can get out of the Word what Jesus actually intended us to receive. You say amen. I want the faith that Jesus left for us. I don't want a man-made faith. I don't want a popular faith. I don't want, I don't want just a cool faith. I don't want a faith that just makes me feel good. I want the faith once passed down for all the saints. This is the faith I am looking for. And, and here's the funny thing, if I could just be honest with the church today. We, we add a lot to the Bible these days, culturally, Christian culture, and, and, and um, we still haven't come close to what the early church did spiritually. We, we don't see the miracles that they saw. We, we don't see the church growth that they saw. We don't see the mass conversions. We don't see the deliverances. We don't see nations coming. And so we're adding to the scripture all kinds of stuff that we think is more clever, but we're still not producing what they produce. So maybe if we were to dig in the word a little bit and find out what the word actually means, we could actually accomplish what Jesus left us to accomplish. You say amen? I, I um so so in, here's the thing, um, I want us as a church to be careful uh, when we look at the word. We don't want to if we look at the word and say God is somehow calling me to be a king or me to be powerful. We're we're on dangerous ground because Jesus told us He had called us to be servants, just like He's a servant. We're to be a servant. And so as we look at what our call and our gifting is, it is all gifting us to serve the world better. Not to be in charge of the world, not to conquer the world, not to take over the world, to serve better. And that's, that, 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 that fights our flesh. That is not what we want in the natural. We want security. We want to be in control. But what we find is when you really surrender to God, you get a peace that the world can never give you. And this is what we are looking for. Now, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not Reinhard Bunke. I'm, I'm, I'm not Paul the Apostle. I'm not Elijah. But, but I feel like I hear God pretty good, right? I, I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with Jesus. I feel like I, I'm, 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 I'm in relation with Holy Spirit. I feel like I hear him pretty good. Uh, but I can tell you, he did not tell me that we're having service online this week. That, that, was, that, that, that threw me for a loop. And if my faith was weaker... I would think that somehow God had abandoned me, or but but it is not a test of your faith if you know everything that is happening. If you say amen. If you're online, just say amen in the chat. Here, as a matter of fact, uh, this week, let me just tell you a little story about this week. Uh, we're supposed to have some, uh, we have four air conditioner units in this church. Uh, one, a little one has been broken for a couple years, so we just haven't even bothered with that one. Uh, but the three main ones that run uh, we have two big ones and one really big one. Uh, fortunately, uh, uh, the, the, the really big one has been struggling for a long time. One of the big ones, not doing great. 
The one healthy one we had was in Revival Kids. So the kids were being taken care of, right? Amen? And so this week, uh, after it's just a miracle testimony that our, our landlord, we were supposed to pay a whole lot of money. Uh, we're talking about middle five figures um, to get our air conditioners replaced. And we're like, come on, you got, you got to help us out a little bit here. Like this is, like we don't own this. Like it's our responsibility but God is on our side, and we need, some, we need some favor here. And so then they said, hey, I tell you what, uh, we'll pay half of it. And we're like, praise God, that's great, but I, I don't want to pay half. I'm like, I, I, I would, but given the choice, I'd rather not. And I had uh, this encounter with God that I've told you about August 8th. And since this August 8th encounter with God, there's been kind of like this favor thing that has been rolling through the church and rolling through my life. And so uh, I just I finally got on the phone with the people in charge. And I said, listen, what, what can, can you here, Here's what's happening. We're a nonprofit. We're a church. We're not trying to take advantage of you, but we know your pricing is better than ours. Can you come at least give us your pricing? Like all we wanted them to do was was get us the AC unit wholesale. That, that's what we we're looking for, because we know they had a great they had great pricing. And so then, then the lady says, uh, we're talking on the phone here, and, and, and she had been really adversarial the whole time. And then out of nowhere, she says, well, how about we just charge you $4,000? I was like, we went from mid five figures to $4,000. I was like, um, oh, 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 okay, okay. And then I said, listen, we're not trying to get over on you. I'm just trying to get the really big unit replaced. And uh, she goes, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll only charge you $2,000, and we'll take that out of your... Your, your deposit whenever you guys ever move out of here. So basically, we're going to replace all four of your units and not charge you anything. And, and I was like, praise the Lord. And so this last week, uh, this last week, um, they came and they replaced all the units, uh, except one they didn't finish, the smallest one in the hallway. And uh, the one in the biggest unit was broken, like the, like, like the board... The board wasn't working, but it was for a minute, right? And so it was for a minute, and so they had all three main units switched out. The AC was pumping, and it was getting cold in here, and, uh, and I made this video, all right? Watch this. I made this video to send out to you all. Hey, Revival Life Church, <laughs> this Sunday, listen, the AC is fixed, and I'm freezing you out. Do not complain after a summer of sweating about the temperature in this place. I have the AC cranked, and I'm enjoying it. We're finishing up our <laughs> marked message series this Sunday, and I am believing God that each person is going to get a touch from Holy Spirit as we learn to carry the imprint of God to the world. I pray that you would come expecting this Sunday. You would come ready to encounter God and be equipped to help other people have an encounter with God. It's been an amazing summer for us, but I am ready for what God has in store for us now in the fall. So I look forward to seeing you Sunday morning, this Sunday at 1030. God bless you. I'll see you then. All right. So that was, that was, that was Thursday. Thursday it was cold. And then they said, oh, we got, a, we got a problem with your biggest unit. Your biggest unit, oh, the board is bad. We won't be able to fix it until Monday. I said, we have church on Sunday. That'll make it a little uncomfortable, but I, I, I think we could do it. And so after that, I said, we're still going to have service. And then I made this video. Hey, Revival Life Church, Pastor Carl here. 
two kind of important announcements I want to share with you uh, real quick. This Sunday, we are finishing up our Marked Message series. See, I have a t-shirt on uh, now. I, the second thing is, this is the <laughs> second time I shot this video. The first time I was wearing coats and hats because I was expecting our air conditioning to be done. Uh, but it looks like they're going to finish up the final touches on Monday. Good news, brand new AC units are in for the children. So Revival Kids is going to be colder than ever. Uh, we have a new unit uh, in the back of the sanctuary, but the main worship center one has not been replaced yet. And so uh, I would encourage you, this is a good time to come to church and be cool. Dress cool. That 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 That's my advice. I like suits. I like a tie. like a coat. Might want to be cool this Sunday, though. Uh, I'm authorizing shorts if you so desire, although you always could anyways. But I will be dressed like I normally do. It's not going to be hot, but uh, I unfortunately, we don't have the new units in yet due to a defective part. But I look forward to worshiping with you this Sunday. We are... Hey, Revival Life. So that's it. Yeah, so, so, so I, I shot that on, uh, on, on, on Friday, and then I came in yesterday to put our message in, uh, just to kind of pray over the building, get my message uh, finalized. And uh, when I walked in the door, it was raining in the middle of the sanctuary. Now, we have been praying for an open heaven for a very long time <laughs> in this church. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was raining, and um, we were going we to have an entire worship set around, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven, but um, we didn't do that. But it was raining, and um, so when they installed our AC units, uh, they uh, kind of damaged our roof, and when the guys came out here, uh, they broke the, the last working AC unit. And so we went from th three new units in me freezing to two units and me being, okay, we can get by, to one unit and saying, we'll be seeing you online this Sunday. So um, I am, I'm, I'm here, and, and, and so why do I share that with you? I don't feel like I missed God here, right? Like God is not, like, he's not my, my, my fortune teller. I don't, I don't have a Ouija board. This, this life, this life, we have to rely on Holy Spirit to prepare us. And we have a video uh, thing that's ready and we're able to stream this video to everybody and we're, we're able to still be the church of Jesus Christ even in the midst of these struggles. The worship was amazing today and, 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 and it's so good. Amen. Can you say amen? Just give them one more hand clap for the worship team. And so if we, if we take this one scripture out of context, it says, whatever I declare happens. Not only does it happen here, it happens in heaven. And whatever I say won't happen, won't happen. And, and that's how I've heard this, this Matthew 18, 18 preached so many times. But when we begin to actually look at the Bible in context, not only do we see a different meaning of the word, we actually see how it's better than we thought. So let's, let's take a little running start at this. Matthew chapter 18. Let's go back to verse 15. If we could read along with me now, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be confirmed. And if he listens to them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to listen, even to the church, he is to be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and 
Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst. Can you say amen? amen? You see, we need, we desperately need the Holy Ghost of God to bring this printed word to life. We need the Spirit to breathe on it, to give us the full context. But we also need to use this little space, eight inches above our heart, called our brain, and start reading the Word coupled with Holy Spirit so that we can live and gain life from this Word. Uh, this, 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 this Bible, it has life just like you do. There, there's so many people in this day and age who are deconstructing the Scripture they're looking at it with a magnifying lens, finding out what's wrong with it, but not partnering with Holy Spirit to find out what's right with it. And, and I tell you, if you are looking for errors in the Bible, you will find them. But also, if you look for life in this book, you will find it. You will find the relationship with God. You will find the living, breathing Spirit of God bringing Scriptures to life on the inside of you in ways that absolutely change your life, you're just like your, your partner has life. We, we try to tell people in premarital counseling, listen, you're going to get married and two very different people are going to come together and your partner has a life and you have a life. And, and, and we have the tendency to think that our life is a normal life and our partner comes and disrupts our life. But, but that's, that's, that's not it. There is a life that your partner has independently, autonomously, on their own. They have agency. And we can't violate their agency as we both try to change to become one another. Same thing happens when you have children. I love getting parenting advice, Duke. I don't know about you. I love getting parenting advice from people who haven't had children um, and, and who haven't studied child care, who haven't studied. They, and, and they have all the advice. The people who have all the advice but haven't actually raised a baby, and you're like, None of that's going to work. Please be quiet and go away, right? Uh, and, and, and you think that you can control this child, and then the child somewhere, depends on the age, between 7 and 13, decides that they're smarter than you, and, and, and there's nothing you can do to change that, right? You cannot control their ignorance at that age. All you can do is recognize that they have agency, and I can try to influence them, but, I, but to control them is evil. Right? So to, in, to, to have influence is one thing. To control is evil. My wife and I have been married 20 some years and um, 23 years. And, um, and uh, my wife and I have influence on one another, uh, but I don't control her and she can't control me. Right? We have relationship and we're at the point now where she says, do not do this. It's not control. That's I'm now going to submit to her wisdom. Right? But she rarely does that. She tried to do it last night when I tried to fix the last part of our problem here. I didn't tell you it began to rain. They broke our roof, and uh, it was raining in here, and I tried to fix the problem, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a roofer, right? I, I, I am many, many things, but I am not a roofer, and I could not fix the roof. The, the roof is so bad, the AC guy said, um, you, you, nobody should walk up there because you could fall through and get hurt. I was like... I feel like I can do that, though. And so I went back up there, and, I, and you know, I was, you know, I'm, I'm not a roofer. I don't take advice well. My wife didn't want me to go back up. But, but here, here's what I'm trying to say. When we approach the text, what, what we see so often is people approach the text trying to get out of the text what they want. 
I am now using this Bible for my purposes. See, the Bible has a life of its own. And we need to come to the Word and discover the life that's in the Word. We need to read the Bible until we understand the rhythm and the voice of God that's in the Scripture. God is sovereign. We can't use God's Word for our purposes. That, that's wrong. Just like you shouldn't date somebody to make you look better, we would all say that's, that, that, that's wrong. You can't use your kids to make you look better. We would all agree that's wrong. You cannot use the Bible for your purposes. We have to come to the Scriptures with an open heart and say, God, I'm ready for your Word to come and read me. I'm going to study this life so this life can affect my life. Is this making sense? Amen, amen, amen. I, I know sometimes I can get buried in the weeds, and I don't want to do that. But it's important that as a church, at Revival Life Church, I, I, I was at a pastor's conference this week, a pastor's retreat, actually, not a conference. And as I just spent time with Jesus, and I'm like, what are we doing in this next season? I'm going to talk about this next Sunday, but I needed the voice of God. I, I'm not a great guy who comes up with his own vision. That's, that's, that's not my talent. I don't come up with uh, plans. I don't come up with strategies. What I do is I hear God. And when I hear God, I tell people. I hear God, what God says, and I tell people what I have heard God say. Most of the time when I see people get healed, I see the healing angel has come into the room or I sense a healing anointing. And then I say, I feel like God is going to heal knees or God's going to heal that. Or I see a prophetic word floating over someone and then I share the prophetic word. I don't go to myself and say, hey, Carl, what should we get God to do today? That doesn't work for me. I know some people are really good at that. I'm not. And I don't plan on learning to. What I, would, what I do, though, is God has really spoken to me this week, and I'm going to talk more about it next Sunday. But I will tell you a cornerstone of it. We are going to hear the word of God, and we are going to share it with South Florida. We are going to impact South Florida with the unadulterated word of God, anointed by the spirit of God to see God's kingdom spread in South Florida. This is what we're going to be doing. Amen, amen, amen. So, so let's look at this, this passage, Matthew 18. What is the context of this, this passage? Well, if you go back a little bit, Jesus is with his disciples. Of course, he's getting ready for his passion. He knows that his earthly ministry is coming to an end. And while he's walking, his disciples are having an argument. Jesus is walking toward his crucifixion. He's preparing for that terrible, terrible, beautiful day that brought us into the kingdom. He knows he's going to suffer. He knows he's going to die. And his disciples are arguing, which one of us will be the greatest in the kingdom? Which one of us are going to be the greatest? And Jesus is like, good God, you, you ignorant fools. How did I spend three years with you idiots, right? Uh, he doesn't say that because he's, he's gracious. But, but, but Jesus, in this next, uh, all of chapter 18, he's responding to this question, who's great in the kingdom? And he talks about those who will serve is great. He says, hey, look at these kids. Let them come to me. If you want to come to me, you got to be like little kids, meaning I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not expecting you to get all mature and know everything. If you want to really be great in the kingdom, it's opposite of what Herod has taught you. It's opposite of what the Pharisees have taught you. It's opposite of what the Sadducees have taught you. It is different 
than the Roman Empire. It's different than the Egyptian Empire we were conquered by. It's different than the Babylonian Empire. My kingdom is about getting low and serving people. And so, and so he tells them, listen, it's not about being a powerful person. It's about the people who look out for other people. It's those who want to serve instead of being served. This is how Jesus is preparing his disciples in being leaders. This is great leadership strategy. If you learn how to serve well, if you learn how to serve well, then the Holy Ghost of God will open doors you could never open on your own. If you can learn how to be meek and mild, I will put you in places of authority that you could never get there through power and manipulation. If you will learn to give in ways that are radical, I will give you financial favor like you could not believe. Jesus is saying, my kingdom is completely upside down from this kingdom. If you want peace, don't isolate yourself. If you want real peace, love others well. This is where it comes from. He's telling them it's completely upside down. And so Jesus is preparing them to lead the church. And here's what he's saying. As you spend time around God, you spend time around Jesus, you spend time in this word, you spend time in the presence of Holy Spirit, you come into anointed worship services where the presence of God is in the place. People with anointings lay hands on you and speak the word of God over you. You get marked. You, the mark of God, the imprint of God comes onto your life. And when that happens, you are different. You are different. When you get marked by God, you are different. In this church, we've, we've changed how we do water baptism. We used to just open it up and say, come on in the water. People had no idea why they were getting water baptized, had not made any kind of decision to have a change of life. We're just counting numbers. And we said, no, no, no. If we're going to be counterculturally discipled, informed, we're going to have to teach some people what it means to be a Christian. What does it mean to be a follower of God? And it's not just somebody who prayed a prayer. That prayer may invite Holy Spirit to begin working in you, but that doesn't mean they've committed their lives to Jesus and they've been converted to Christianity. That means that we've led them in a prayer to invite God in to start working. That's great, but there's an evidence that happens when someone has been converted to Christ. Love begins to brew in their heart. Love of God, love of others, love of church. These are the things that happen. And, 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 and we, as a church, we want to recognize, like, I have been marked by God. Have you been marked by God? Has God marked your life? Has he, has he touched you in a way that is beyond natural understanding? Has, 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 he, has, he, has he put his imprint upon your soul? Have you, have you tasted of the divine? Well, then you're marked. You are marked with the mark of God. You are different than the world around you who is just trying to live according to the paradigm of what they see. Live according to the paradigm of what they've been taught by their mom and dad or taught by the media or just taught by social media. They, you are marked and you are different. You're a different people with a different call and a different dynamic happening in your life. You aren't wandering in darkness like the world is. How many of you thankful that you actually hear God? 
I need, I need us as a church to understand that you have been marked by God and you're not wandering in the darkness. We're not left alone. Even when we feel alone, God is present with us. Wherever we go, God is present with us. Whatever we do, God is present with us. And everywhere we travel becomes a place for the landing of Holy Spirit. Peter said in, 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 in uh, chapter 2, he said, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Can you imagine? There was a time that you weren't. But if an alien came to this world and said, Where's God's people at? That's us. We are the people of God. This is who we are. We have been marked. And as the people of God, we have power. Put it up for me, Josh. As the people of God, we have power. We have to recognize that we have power. Duke, we got to live like we have power. Listen, he's given us power in so many ways in our lives. We've been marked so many ways. He's given us his name. He's given us the name Jesus, which is the name above every name. The Bible tells us that demons tremble at the name Jesus. Put it up, Josh. He has given us his name. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And at the mention of his name, light comes into the room. And we have the power to invoke his name. We have power, friends. He has given us His Spirit. How many of you are thankful for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Come on, I'm, I'm thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He has given us His Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive, let's say it together, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Put power in the chat right now. Power. He's given us power. He says when you get the Holy Ghost, you get power. There is evidence that we have received the Spirit of God. We, we're, not, we're not just stuck out here wandering like everybody else. I have power over circumstances around me to line them up with the heart of God. He's given us, finally, among the many things, He's given us a community called the church. He said that the gates of hell will not prevail against His church. The church are the community of His called out ones. We're supposed to be connected to a church because as the leaders of the church get breakthrough, the people in the church get breakthrough. There's power in being connected to a local community. And finally, he's given us his word. He's given us his word. We need to learn. We need to learn how to use his name according to his will, how to be a part of the church, how to function in the spirit and use his word. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living and it's active. That means that just like I need to get to know my wife, I need to get to know his word. You can't date somebody and say, hey, I'd like some of the sex, but I'd like none of the commitment. That, that's sin. Amen. Hey, I'd like some of your cooking, but I don't want to have to hang out with you in public. That, that's, that's, that we, we consider that an unhealthy relationship, and we would advise women to leave or men to leave that relationship. Just like that, the Word of God is living and active. We need to approach it and say, 
what is in this life for me today? Because the Spirit of God is here in the Word of God. It is active and it is living. So we have power. What do we do with that power? This is the question. We do the works of God. We are called to do the works of God. And we do the works of God on God's timing. And how many of you know that God's timing is not always your timing? Does anybody, does anybody recognize that? God's timing is not always our timing. And um, when we give God our planner, he puts things on there without consulting us. Have you noticed that as well? We were at this retreat. Uh, Pastor Tracy and I were at this uh, uh, pastoral retreat and um, came back. What was it, Thursday, honey? Thursday, I was back at my house. I wanted to work on my message, um, but I needed to get some things right. And I checked, I checked the bank, Duke, and my savings account was gone. It wasn't empty. It was gone. It was like, it just wasn't there. And I'm like, that's a problem because I need that money, right? Like I need, I need, I don't need it right now, praise God, but I'm generous, but not to chase bank, right? That's not what I'm trying to, not what I'm trying to do with my money. And so my, um, so, so Pastor Tracy calls the bank and they're like, you have to come in. And we're like, why? What's wrong? I'm like, can't tell you. You got to come in. And we're like, great. Okay. So she called the local branch, said we got to come in. And so I'm in the middle of trying to get my message done, but praise God, I looked at the bank and uh, so I went to the bank, and I'm like, hey, where's my money, right? Like, and they're like, and so basically, the, the, it's a savings account. It's been inactive. Like, we haven't put anything in it or taken anything out of it, uh, which let me just tell you, there was a season, Duke, that I didn't think I would ever not be taking money out of savings. So praise the Lord Jesus, amen? And so, but it had been inactive, and so when it was inactive, they're like, we put it in inactive status, and I'm like, you got my phone number. Like, if I had an overdraft, you'd be able to contact me, I bet. I bet if I owed you some money on my mortgage, you would contact me. You could just call me. My name is there. But they put it inactive. And so I sat down with the nice lady, and um, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, right? I'm just going to be honest. I was a little irritated. I'm trying to be polite because, you know, I'm a Christian, and uh, I'm a pastor, and I'm just I'm, I'm trying to be a good Christian and not be funky. I'm just going to be honest. I was just trying not to be funky. And so I have to sit in her office, and she's eating chips. I'm like, why? What? Why are you eating chips while I'm at the desk? And she's eating chips, and she's talking. She's trying to sell me products. I'm like, you already messed up my savings. You think I'm going to give you more opportunity with my money? No. I'm like, no, thank you. No, no, no. I understand. Thank you very much. No, no, no. Uh, back to the savings account. Can we just, can we just, and, um, and Gia, can we just get my money right? And then that's all I really need. This should be five minutes and I'm gone. So now we're 10 minutes into it. I can smell the chips. And I'm like, now I'm texting my wife. I'm like, I'm still sitting here and she's eating chips while I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm trying to keep it cool though. And, uh, and she starts talking and she's like, oh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I said, I said, um, I'm, 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 I'm a counselor. I, I, you know, I give people counsel. And she goes, oh, really? What kind of counsel? I said, um, spiritual counsel. Can we get back to my money? Can we just talk about my money? She goes, spiritual counsel? What kind of spiritual counsel? I was like, all right. I pastor a church in Boca, right? I, this is what I do. She goes, oh, really? I teach a Bible class. And then she thought that class was in session, right? She's eating trip, chips, drinking her coffee, and starts giving me a Bible lesson. And I'm like, that's wonderful. I got a Bible lesson I'm trying to get back to right now at my house. Can you just fix my money? And so then she just goes on a very, very, 
very long teaching about the Word of God. And I'm sitting there, and I'm literally, I began texting my wife. I'm like, honey, she's now preaching the Bible to me. And I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm in the Word a fair amount already. I had just been in a weeks-long pastor's conference. I really didn't need another message, right? And so she is preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I'm like, ah. I said, hey, um, are you from Ghana? She goes, yeah. How did, how did you know that? I was like, Holy Ghost? She says, are you Pentecostal? I said, yes, I am. Then she decided now, like, it's time to share her dreams with me, right? And so I've been there 40 minutes at this point, sitting in this little office, wanting to get back to my message. She's preaching, and I'm literally biting the inside of my lip, like, Carl, be a good boy. Be present and be nice. Just I'm literally biting my lip, and I'm texting my wife, and I'm like, now she's sharing her dreams with me. And she starts sharing her dreams with me, and again, we're good 40 minutes into this, and I'm like, okay, God. I am yours, and you have me in this room. Clearly, I'm here for a reason. I'm now going to listen to these. And so she's sharing these dreams and, and all these things, and I'm like, do you have a hard time accepting what God says about you? And she's like, wait, what? And then her father calls her, and she answers the phone. I'm like, I'm, and she's like, Daddy, you won't believe it right now. There's a pastor in my office, and he's talking to me about my dreams. And she hangs up. I'm like, Okay, there's a full-on counseling session now, I suppose. And so I begin to start, I begin to start talking about her identity in Christ based on the prophetic dreams that she's been given. And I'm starting to give her prophetic understanding and interpreting her dreams so she can understand what's happening. I'm like, okay, God, let me just submit to what you would have me do so I can go home, right? Like, I just want this, I want, I'd like to, because I have people I counsel already. It's called Revival Life Church, right? Uh, and so I, I interpret the dream I tell her what's happening, and she's like, oh, my God. And so she goes into her drawer, and she pulls out her journal, and she starts journaling what I'm telling her. And I'm like, the savings account. Can we get the savings account? Can we just, maybe you can do an audio recording, write it down later. So she's writing down the scriptures I'm telling her. I'm like, actually, this is just like in Ezekiel, blah, blah, blah. This, is, you know, this is that, and this is what's happening. And she's like, okay. And then she starts um, talking again about what God told her about her future. I said, all right, Lord, I tell you what, I fully submit. So she's arguing with me a little bit about the call of God in her life. And uh, she's like, oh, I don't know. She like, says, I really want to go to law school, but the, the Lord, I feel like, won't let me go. I didn't do well in the LSAT. I said, listen. Listen, today, today I'm like, you know, just came back from retreat, just came in to work on my savings account, but the Lord put a spirit-filled, dream-interpreting pastor in front of you who was trying to go to law school when God told him not to and become a pastor. Let's just, let's just, let's just recognize what God is doing right here. And just maybe God has set this up for me to tell you something, right? Let's just, let, let's, let's like, I am, so I'm now just fully in my identity. I'm a Pentecostal pastor in Boca Raton, ministering prophetically to the woman who's eating chips and needs to get my savings account right, right? And so I began to start speaking to her future, speaking to her dreams, speaking some really private stuff that she was telling me, the person she don't even know, and I'm like prophesying the history. She's like, how did you know that? I'm like, Holy Ghost, I told you that when I told you about Ghana. Holy Ghost is here. This is it. And she's like, oh my God, God really, he's really telling me these things. And, and, and so why, why do I tell you this story? Why, why, why do I tell you this story? Number one, I have a testimony. I have a testimony that God called me when I had a plan over my life 
but he called me out of my plan into his plan. And as I shared that testimony with this woman, all of a sudden, I became a messenger of God to her. The moment I began sharing my testimony of being called out of my plans, it resonated with what God was calling her out of. And all of a sudden, it opened the heavens for an avenue of ministry. This is what the power of God is like. Wherever I am, there is an encounter waiting to happen. Can you say amen? Wherever you are, there is an encounter waiting to happen. And I had to just be present in that moment and die to what I thought should happen and submit to God's plan in that moment. This is what it looks like to be marked by God. This is what it looks like to be marked by Jesus. This is what it looks like to carry the imprint of God into this world around us. Let me ask you today, what are you doing with that power? I had plans for yesterday. But what are we going to do with this power if we're not going to use it for God's purpose? What, What happens when we use company funds for our purpose? Legally, that's called embezzlement. And so many Christians are embezzling the power of God for their own purposes, not using God's provision for God's purposes. We need to get the power of God in our lives, but not to make Carl great, not not to make Carl feel good about himself, not to make Carl feel like that he's somebody, but to further the purpose that those resources were collected. God gave me those resources for his kingdom. Now, I tell you this, if you use your boss's resources well, he promotes you. Amen. If he trusts you with his resources, he promotes you. But we don't do things for promotion. Amen. We do things out of character. And we further the kingdom of God out of character. And we say, I will not touch God's glory in this moment. A part of the the little enemy was like, here's what you got to do now. Here's this girl. She gets you. The little pastor, you know, you did the prophetic thing. Go ahead and invite her to church. And I said, I will not. I will not make this moment about me. I will make this moment about Jesus. I'm not even going to give her my phone number. I'm not going to tell her how to contact me. And it would actually be, it would violate financial laws for her to look into my information and how to contact me. This was a divine appointment. She had a church. I wasn't supposed to mess with that. Now, if I met her on the streets and I witnessed to her, absolutely. But I knew this was a holy moment. I knew and I wanted to recognize what God was doing in that moment. The prophets in the Old Testament they kept reaching out to God's people. And they were like, listen, listen, you're stuck. You're stuck. God, you've had encounters with God. Would you live like you've had encounters with God? Would you live like you've read the word and you've understood it? Would you, would you just live like you were called to live? We fall into legalism when we think if we can make people stop sinning, then they'll be closer to God. And really all we've taught them is self-control, not God-dependence. We, we, the, the, the point has to be, man, I, I want you to be closer to God. And we fall into these traps of judgment and, 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 and wrath and threats and God threats. God forbid we tell people, if you don't do what I tell you, God's going to do this to you. And man, we just, the church has fallen in so many traps. But Ezekiel said it best here. And God spoke through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 33, which is our second scriptures out of the lectionary today. He says, say to them, this is God telling Ezekiel, Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, I take no pleasure at all in the death of the wicked. 
but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back. Turn back from your evil ways. Why then should you die, house of Israel? And I feel like, I feel like we live in a world living in death. Come on up, Mikey, if you would. I feel like we live in a, in a world that's, that's stuck in death. There's a world that's, that doesn't even recognize it's living in darkness. And we have light, and we don't want our schedule messed up enough. We don't want our schedule messed up enough to, to spend an hour talking about somebody's chips and their coffee. When God is like, you have the words of life. Share them with them. How, how can we stop? How do we learn to live in a way where we'll stop for the bank teller who's being tormented by their God dreams because they don't know how to fulfill them? How do we become a people that, how do we become a people who recognizes where Holy Spirit is moving around us? We have to know God and we have to submit to Him. Very first time I went to uh, Nicaragua, I had been saved, I don't know, less than a year. And um, it's a crazy story, I don't have time to tell the whole thing, but it was a lot like uh, when Duke went to Africa with no plan. Uh, I went to Nicaragua, we went with, with no plan, no, no support, we didn't know where we were staying, and I was praying, okay, I'm going to Nicaragua, what do I bring with me? And the Lord showed me like a big lollipop, and I'm like... That's not helpful. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I was like, all right. And so I bought a big lollipop, and I was like, well, let me take it a step further. And I bought like a whole bag of lollipops. I'm like, I don't know, maybe there's a children's program I'm supposed to bless. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And so uh, I, I went to Nicaragua, and I went there before most of you were born. And um, I think I was there in 1998, 99. And at that time, the Contra War had been about over for about 10 years, eight years, and there had been a horrible, horrible war that killed lots of people, but after that was a, a massive baby boom. And uh, everywhere I went, literally, at that point, one-third of the population of Nicaragua was under 14. And everywhere I went, there were kids. Everywhere I went. And so everywhere I went, I had this big bag of lollipops in the midst of these kids with dirt floors and, you know, walls built out of sticks with corrugated steel. And I'm handing out lollipops and I'm preaching the gospel. Everywhere I went, I handed out lollipops and I preached the gospel. I got to another town and a pastor came up to me and he says, oh, pastor, I've, I've heard about you. I'm like, I'm not a pastor, I'm just, just, just a dude. He's like, no, no, they call you Pastor Bonbon, which is lollipop in Spanish. Pastor Bonbon. The next town heard that there was an American missionary there handing out lollipops and preaching the gospel. This is, this is what we're supposed to do with the, the power of God. It's our bag of lollipops for the world. I have supply. I have supply that will open doors of favor for people to hear the gospel. You say amen to that. that like, and this is, what, this is what the gifts are for. They're not to make me powerful, not supposed to make me popular. They're supposed to give me open doors. This is why I have a gift of healing. This is why I have a gift of prophecy. Because we are the people of God and God has given us resources. This is what God spoke to me this morning. Put it up, Josh. When we are a good neighbor, 
we become a place of encounter. When we are a good neighbor, we become a place of encounter. I decided to just be present for a woman at the bank, and she had an encounter with God. I decided to obey God and buy lollipops, and I became a place of encounter. I just, I just, we read at the beginning of service today, Psalm 194, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people and he will glorify the lowly with salvation. And we have the gifts to draw people to God so that they can be saved. We live in a world that's cut off from the love and power of God. We carry it and the pain of the world has to compel us to help. The mental health crisis happening in our country right now. They need the love of God. The anxiety and depression, people need to know that you are not alone in this world. And if you feel alone, there is a church waiting to celebrate you, to go through hard times with you, and to celebrate the wins with you. We have to be a people of encounter. This is what God is talking about in our passage today from Matthew. He says, if you find someone in sin, don't leave them there. If you find someone in sin, don't leave them there. Get them to the place where their sins can be forgiven. Get them around a community of believers. And they'll see what a lifestyle looks like. Not, 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 not just one person, but the community. If you get them around the community of believers and they don't want to change and be followers of Jesus, then treat them like people who don't know Jesus at all and win them over. In this context of the ability to get people saved, Jesus says, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If you get someone away from God, around the people of God, and if you get a person who calls themselves a Christian around a group of Christians and they just go and say, hey, we're seeing this sin, bro. And I'm here to let you know there's, there, there's a better way. And the person repents in front of you. If the person repents in front of you, the same thing happens in heaven. His calling is released and his sins are bound. We have that kind of power on the earth. I don't, I don't just need power over, over the stock market. I don't need to bind and loose what's happening with rain. I need to be able to forget people forgiven of their sins and have their oppression bound so it does not torment them any longer. There are keys to the kingdom that Jesus talked about to Peter. He says, I give you these keys. And when people get saved... We've used those keys. And the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices. When you do this little thing on earth that you lead somebody in salvation or you get someone to repent, all of heaven rejoices. And as a leadership team in this church, we've, we've had this kind of loving intervention with people. And 
With Christians, I find seven, eight, nine times out of ten it works. The one time out of ten where people are confronted by elders and they say, I'm choosing myself over the community. I'm choosing sin over you. I'm choosing my offense. That's when I say, not I curse you, brother, but I have to look at you like someone who needs to be one to the Lord. Because you don't recognize the power of the church community. You don't recognize that the keys of the kingdom have been given to the leaders of the church. But those who do, and there's far more who do than don't, you get to watch the weight of the world come off of them. And a new grace come upon their lives. And this is what Jesus says. When that happens... If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, and he's talking in the context of people in sin talking to Christians. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Come on, somebody. Amen, amen, amen. So as you go to tell that lost person your testimony... They think you're just there to sell insurance or, or to get the car fixed or, or whatever they think you're there for. But as soon as that conversation turns to Jesus, now two are gathered in His name and you're not there by yourself. The Holy Ghost of God, Jesus is right there in the midst of that conversation. And as soon as the two of you agree that Jesus Christ is Lord, all of heaven rejoices. Because their sin that was running roughshod over their life has been bound. And the wrath of God against their sin has been washed away. When you lead someone to know and love God, your Father watches. (laughs) And this is how we operate in the power of God. When we are a good neighbor, we become a place of encounter. So here's what I want to do today. If you're online, if you're in the room today, stand with me if you would, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from. What we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to dedicate ourselves. Maybe, maybe... Maybe, maybe you need a grace in your life. Maybe you're thinking, I need to, I need to be telling more people about Jesus. I need, to, I need to be a witness. I need to recognize those moments. I, I need the power of God in my life so I can help people know Jesus. What I want us to do is we're going to sing, and I want you to respond to this in your heart right here at your TV screen, right on your computer screen, right in your laptop, however you're watching the service. I want you to respond, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arm.